You're listening to GlendaleCC.org and to the Glendale Christian KY podcast on iTunes. This week, Senior Minister Adam Hale continues our sermon series, I Love My Church. Thank you for listening, and as always, we hope that this message encourages you in your walk to love and follow Jesus. Have a wonderful week. This morning, we're going to talk about fences. Uh, In fact, I've got a couple of different pictures of fences that I want to show you, but they come in all shapes and sizes and styles. Some are short, some are small, some are transparent. Others are walls and and fortresses. In every case, a fence is designed to do the same thing, right? To keep something in or to keep something out. And I I want to be very clear up front as we're going to talk about fences and walls and and all that kind of stuff right now. And and I realize that's a hot topic in the news right now. And so I just want to make it very clear that this is not a political sermon. This is not a political statement. Um, I'm sure everybody in this room has an opinion one way or the other about a wall, and I'll be honest with you, I don't care what it is. Um, I've got mine, and you probably don't care what mine is either, but either way, this is not the forum to discuss that. And so this is not a, um, this is not a political statement, so don't read any politics into this message today. It has nothing to do with that. Um, when I was growing up, we had a fence... Um, I grew up on a farm, and so we had fences everywhere except around the yards. But if you live in a subdivision, most places, most uh, houses, you'll find yards around the back, uh, fences around the backyard, right? Now, you know, there's always a difference, though, between the front yard and the backyard. The front yard that everybody can see is always cut. You know, the grass is always cut. Uh, the, the bushes are always trimmed. The weeds are always pulled. There, there's a doormat that's for decorative purposes only. You, you go on the front porch, you don't wipe your feet on that mat. It's, it's just there to look nice. But the front yard is always really nice. When we lived in Glasgow, um, I told this in first service, we lived in Glasgow, both of my neighbors, they were both retired, and they mowed their grass, especially their front yard, every four days, okay, every four days, now I just didn't have the time to mow my grass every four days, and it might be two weeks before I got my grass mowed, and so their yards always look so much nicer than mine, but, but that's typically though, that's what we do, right, we, we try to make our front yards we, they, they look nice. That's where all the landscaping is, and everything about the front yard is meant for people to see. Now, you go to the backyard, and there's a fence around the backyard, right? And that's where things are a little different. Now, the grass is probably cut, maybe not as often, probably not every four days, and you probably didn't weedy every time you mowed either, but toys are strung out everywhere because that's where your kids play. You got a dog, and so that's where the dog roams, and as much as you try, you still got to watch where you step because there's just, you got a dog that lives back there, right? And so the backyard isn't as, as kept up, right? We don't, we don't put as much effort into to to the backyard because there's a fence and nobody's going to see it right or at least that's what we hope anyway the fence is the separation between the two spaces it's the barrier between the the front which we allow everyone to see and the back which is where we live we're continuing our series this week I love my church and and this concept this concept of fences is going to play a big part in what we're going to see today as one of God's plans for the church that we would live connected lives to one another, that we would live connected lives to Him. Obviously, I think that goes without saying, and we're going to talk about that, though, just in a minute, that we would live connected to Him, but also that we would live connected to one another. 
So what offenses have to do with that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. So if you have your Bibles, turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. That's where we're going to spend our time today. And if you don't have a Bible, the, words are going to be, the verses will be on the screen. But if, and also, if you don't have a Bible, there's probably one in the pew back in front of you. Take that home with you and, and keep that, and that can be your Bible. This is what the author of Hebrews writes. He says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now before we, we unpack this, this passage of Scripture, let's go back to our fence. Let's picture our lives as a, as a yard. And if we're, if we're honest, we'd admit that we like a good fence. And what's that old proverb? Good fences make good neighbors, right? What we are comfortable showing people and letting people know about us is the front yard where everything is, is kept up and clean and pristine and, and, and nicely manicured. The front yard, that's what we show people. But the backyard, the backyard, that's different. That's the, that's the real us. And, and it, you only get in there by invitation only, right? Like you, you, you have to, maybe you've known people for a long time and, and they maybe have the right to come to the backyard and come to the back door. But, but everybody else, they come to the front door because that's, that's what you want people to see. But the backyard, that's, that's the real us. Everything in the front of the house is, is perfectly presented. But the backyard behind the fence, that's where, that's where we do life. That's where the real us resides. And here's the deal about fences. God isn't a big fan of them. Okay, He doesn't, he doesn't have a problem, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. He doesn't have a problem with us having a literal fence around our literal house. So don't leave here going, okay, well, I've got to tear my fence down, or, or you don't have to take your fence down, okay? You, you don't have to do that. But as far as being in a relationship with Him and being in community with each other, God wants us to rethink this idea of fences. And if we intend to love our church the way that God wants us to, then we have to know a couple of things. And, and the first is this. We have to know that Jesus has crashed the fence. Okay? Jesus crashed the fence. Before we even talk about the fence that we put in between us and, and other people, we have to realize that there's a barrier that exists between us and God. For the, the very first part of this Hebrew passage tells us that. Let's go back and read that, uh, 19 through 22. It says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The author of Hebrews is talking about the fact that because of Jesus, we now have a way to come back to God. In the Old Testament, you'll, you might remember that they had a, the, the temple system, and so they had their temple or the tabernacle, whatever you want to call it, and in that system, there were, there were levels of access. So, you know, there were certain people that could come into the courtyard. Then there were certain people that could go inside 
of that. And then there was a place where only the high priest, so the, the priest could go in, but then there was one who was called the high priest, and he could only go into the Holy of Holies. He was the only one allowed there. And the Holy of Holies, this little room, it was separated from, every, from all the rest of the temple. This was where they believed, and it, it is, it's not just where the, what they believed, but this is where God presided. This is, was the physical representation of where God lived and only the high priest could go in there but now Jesus because of what he has done on the cross he is our high priest and the new testament tells us that our bodies are are a living temple right so we use that verse a lot of times to say why we should we should eat healthy and not have bad habits but but really that's more about our bodies are a living temple we are the living embodiment of of the physical representation of where God lives okay we we have replaced that Holy of Holies, us, our bodies. We are the temple of God. And Jesus is our high priest. And so there is no, there is no uh, barrier anymore between us and God. In the Old Testament, there was a huge veil that separated, and it, it was thick, and only the, the high priest could go through that veil. When Jesus was crucified, we, we remember that that veil was torn from the top to the bottom, right? And that signified that there was no more separation between us and God. There was no more barrier. God intended for us to live in connection with Him, and so He had to remove that barrier, and Paul details this a little bit more in, in Romans. He talks about our, our fence. And so this is a summarization of Romans. This is not a literal word-for-word uh, -word translation. But Romans, in, in 3.23, he says that we all have a giant fence. He says that for all have sinned, right? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the barrier that's between us and God. In the Old Testament, it was a, it was a physical curtain, but in our lives, it's sin, Sin is the barrier between us and God, and Paul says that we all have a giant fence. Romans 6.23 says because of that fence, we can never get to God. Because of the sin in our lives, we cannot access God. Romans 5.8 says God knew we'd have a big fence even before we had a yard. He knew that we would, we would have this fence. Romans 10, if we just admit that we, uh, that we have a fence and that we need it torn down, then Jesus will crash the fence for us. He, he will do that for us. And here's the best part about this. Romans 10, 13, Jesus never denies a fence-crashing job. Did you know that Jesus is in the demolition business? He is in the demolition business. He is in the business of tearing down fences. And that's exactly what he's done for us. We're born building fences and walls and structures designed to hide and protect and conceal and con confide who we really are. And that keeps us separated from God. We're born with a sinful nature um, and I say that and people kind of cringe sometimes well I'm not born a sinner well I didn't say you were born a sinner I said you're born with a sinful nature the inclination to sin and I can prove it I can prove it I, we could take a field trip to the nursery and we could prove it right there you know how you take you go into the nursery you give a give a toddler a toy they're going to play with it right and, and what's another toddler going to eventually do they're going to come up and they're going to take that toy from them right we have to teach our kids to share. Sharing is a, is a learned behavior. It's a top behavior. We teach our kids to share. Why? Because we know that selfishness and stealing aren't good things. But we, we instinctively, we, we're instinctively that kind of people. We will do that. And because toddlers don't know any better, they, they react instinctively. And so they will instinctively take something that doesn't belong to them or hoard something and keep it from somebody else. Now here's... Maybe the real sad part of that equation. We're not toddlers. 
And how much are we hoarding or taking that, doesn't, that either doesn't belong with us or we're not sharing? We're not toddlers, but, but we are born in this sinful nature, and, and it's, it's fence building. That's all it is, is we're building fences to, to, to separate us from God. And if we really want to be in a real relationship with God, in true community with God, then we've got to let Jesus tear the fences down. And he did that on the cross for us. He tore the fence down. So let me ask you a real personal question. This is about as personal a question as I can ask you. Have you ever drawn near to God? The, the passage that we just read in Hebrews, it talks about drawing near to God. Have you ever drawn near to God? Have you ever acknowledged that what Jesus has done on the cross in his, in his fence-tearing-down business, have you ever acknowledged that and allowed him to tear down the fences in your life? All of them, the front and the back. Have you, have you accepted Christ? Have you realized that, that there's a barrier that's between you and Jesus and you've allowed him to crash that, to surrender your life over to him and to draw near to him in relationship, in community with him? Second thing that we need to talk about this morning is so we need to, we need to know that Jesus has crashed the fence, but we also need to know that we've got to allow others into the yard. We come to this building and we sing songs and we play games with kids and, and sometimes we eat. Okay, more times than not we eat. And, and we, we say good morning and we smile and we do all of those things, but we do it from behind a fence. Now you might be thinking, wait a minute, Adam, you just said Jesus tore down all the fences. Well... He did. He broke down all the fences. Uh, for every single one of us, Jesus has broken down those fences. When I, became a, when I drew near to him and became a Christ follower, he tore down the fences that separated me and him. When you became a Christ follower and you drew near, near to him, he tore down those fences that, that were between you and him. So there should be no fences in existence in our community. So how does that impact us as people? And I say people meaning plural, all of us as community well imagine all of mankind standing before a fence of sin and it just comes tumbling down and so when Jesus died on the cross that's exactly what happened there's not a fence anymore but what do we start doing we start we start taking that wood if Jesus is in the demo uh, business then we're in the rebuilding business because we like to pick up all that wood from the fences that Jesus has torn down and we like to build fences again and we put them this time between us and other people, between me and you, between you and your neighbor, between you and whoever. Even though Jesus has crashed our fence, we still only want people to see the pretty parts of our yard, right? We only want them to see the front yard because that's what looks nice. We all, to a certain extent, have a, a certain image, a certain facade that we try to, to uh, cast out because that's, the pe that's what we want people to see about us. I mean, and, and I'll tell you, I, I'm as guilty of this as anybody else. There's a certain image that I want you to have of me because I'm your preacher. There's a certain image that I want you to have of my family because I'm your preacher. That, that's just the fact of the matter. If I got up, and, and let's be honest about that, there's a certain image that you want to have of me because I'm your preacher. If I get up here and do a, a, a marriage sermon series you don't want me to get up here at the beginning of that series and say well you know I'm going to talk about marriage for the next few weeks and me and Christy well we're going to give it one more try you know that's not what you you want to hear from me you you want to think that we've got it all together I'll tell you we don't always have it all together but but that's the image that that we try to to um, portray and we do that the same with our lives with our yards 
We, we keep the front yard pristine because that's the image we want people to have of us. But the backyard, that's where all the toys are. That's where the dog mess is. That's where the clothesline is. I don't know if people still use clotheslines or not, but when I was a, when I was a kid, we had a clothesline, in our, and it was in our backyard, and it was strategically placed. It was strategi- strategically placed because it was the one spot in the backyard that you could not see from the road. Okay, that's where our clothesline was. Because there, and there was a good reason for that. Because Mama didn't want everybody driving down the road to see all of our drawers hanging out on the line. And we're no different. We, we, there, there's just certain parts of our life that we don't want anybody else to have access to. We get really good at building fences. But don't forget what we said about last, said last week. If we're going to truly experience loving our church, then that means intentionally loving our church and that is not loving our building not loving our programs if we intentionally love the church that means loving each other and loving each other is impossible to do behind a fence so what do we do what do we do with all the fences that we've that we've built and myself included it's hard to it's hard to really know how to love each other if if we all do it from behind a fence well thank goodness the writer of hebrews gives us the perfect prescription. He says, do not forsake assembling together. It's the passage preachers have used for hundreds of years to guilt their, their church members into coming to church every Sunday. If I'm going to talk about why you need to be at church on Sunday, it's probably going to be from this passage of Scripture. I'm going to use that do not forsake the assembling uh, uh, together. But I think the writer of Hebrews was talking about something more. Talking about Sunday, yes, it, you, you should be here on church on Sunday, okay? You hear that. You should be here for church on Sunday. But I think he's talking about more than just that. I think he's talking about an everyday assembling. I think he's talking about doing life together. He's talking about living in community. And in community, that means that we don't build fences. It means that we get below the surface. It means that we have authenticity about ourselves. It means that we share ourselves with others. It's a deeper relationship than, than what we can just have sitting in a pew and listening to somebody talk okay it, it it means that we get into other people's yards and we allow other people into our yards even the backyards go back to that picture you had up just a moment ago um you might remember the tv show home improvement it was on in the 90s and Tim Allen was the star of that show, and Tim Allen always had some kind of conundrum. He'd always get himself into some pro- sort of problem. And every episode, he would go out to his backyard, and he'd go to the fence, and he would talk to his neighbor, Wilson. And that's Wilson. And for, for the entire series, that's all we really ever saw of Wilson. Wilson would, would give his advice, and he would, he would talk, but it was always separated by that barrier. And we never saw Wilson's face. And I think sometimes churches like that. Yeah, we, we, we come in and we, we sit in the pews and, and we might know each other's names, although um, I'm going to talk about that in just a moment too. We, we, we sit in the pews with, with church folks and we, we serve on committees together and we might even do a Bible study together. But we don't ever really see the, the person's whole face. We just get a glimpse of them through their fence or through our fence. And, and we've got John Doe standing on the other side of the fence. And, and really, it doesn't matter if we see their whole face or we don't see their whole face. Because at the end of the day, there's still a fence in between us. There's still a barrier there. I can't embrace somebody in a, 
in, in a crisis. I can't embrace them if there's a fence between us and a tragedy. Uh, and they can't see what's really going on in my life if there's a fence between us. The fence impedes our community. So we've got to get into the yard. We've got to get into the backyard to fully know someone. The writer of Hebrews says, Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So let me ask you another question. Whose yard are you in? Whose yard are you in? And who are you allowing into your yard? Maybe this takes place through, through our Sunday school programs. Or maybe it takes place through, through the life groups that we're starting. And, and I'll be real honest with you. This is the main primary reason why we are starting life groups. Because we realize that we have to be a, a community of believers. And that doesn't happen by just coming on to church on a Sunday morning. We have to get into each other's yards. And so that's why we're launching life groups uh, next month. So that we can we can begin to put people together who will, who will do life with you. And so if you're interested in that, there's, you can sign up just by filling out the card that's out by the information desk, stick it in the box, and, and we'll, we'll take care of getting, getting you connected to somebody. Maybe you're a part of one of our women's groups or the student ministry, or, or maybe you've just allowed a few people to, to see into your life, and it's not a part of any formalized ministry of our church. That's That's great. But if we're truly going to experience not only the church, but also life as God intended it, then it can't be behind a fence. To truly love your church, you have to love someone in your church. That doesn't mean that everyone transforms into super social extroverts. Let's be realistic. That's not going to happen. But what it does mean is that it means that we don't live in isolation. Community is standing in someone's yard And it means that you stand in their yard and they can stand in yours. So we got to get in other people's yards. The last thing, real quickly, we got to enjoy the company. Imagine being a kid going to a birthday party where the host just didn't plan anything. I mean, there might be a bag of, of. plain potato chips and and it's it's not even like the lays and it's like the dollar store generic brand and it's doesn't have a flavor it's just the 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 original flavor and you got to take the napkins and squeeze all, out all the grease and you're you're just like yeah you just want to eat one of those right because because they're just not good and and so there's a, maybe a, a plain bag of chips maybe some kool-aid but there's really it's more just water with a little bit of food coloring in it because there's no sugar in it There's no games, there's no desserts, there's no face painting, there's no pin the tail on the donkey, there's nothing. If you were a kid and you went to that birthday party, you would leave going, that was the worst party ever. It was boring, they didn't even try. The writer of Hebrews says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. And we like that last part, uh, the, the love and good deeds. But, go, but pay attention to what he says at the very beginning of this verse. He says, let us consider. To consider is to contemplate, to strategize, to, to, to plan. So think of this as planning for a successful birthday party. Living life in, in each other's yards without fences is going to take not only intentionality, but strategy. Okay, community is finding ways to encourage one another to, to love and to good deeds beyond church programming and sermons. It's seeing beyond the, the walls and the fences that have been built, that, that we have built. 
and it's offering to help paint the shed or to pull the weeds or to babysit the kids. It's, it's bringing a meal in times of crisis. It's having those go-to numbers in your cell phone when, when you break down at 31 and Ring Road. It's, it's knowing who to call over for dinner or knowing who you're going to go out on a double date with. It's, it's knowing who's going to sign up with you on that church service project that you're going to work alongside with and, and you're just going to be, you're going to enjoy their company. It's helping each other to enjoy serving Jesus in the time that we have left to serve. And these things, they don't happen automatically. They just don't. They don't happen automatically. They happen when we plan for it, we strategize for it, when we, put up, when we are intentional about doing those things. And, and they happen when we consider how to make them happen. So, so let me make some suggestions on some points of strategy for us real, real quickly, and then we'll be done. First one is this. We need to have healthy expectations. An unhealthy expectation is that we will all know everyone, okay? I know we're a small community, and... and we think that we ought to know everybody in Glendale and we ought to know everybody that comes to church. But I'm going to tell you, that's just not a realistic expectation. And I'm also going to tell you, I think it's an unhealthy expectation. If we know everybody that comes to this church, you know what that means? It means that we haven't expanded our, our walls large enough. If we know everybody that comes to this church, if we know the names of everybody, then it means that we haven't not done our part to bring in those who do not know Jesus yet because I guarantee you there are people in our community, in our lives, who we interact with on a daily basis who do not know Jesus. And if you bring them to church, there's a, good, there's a high probability that somebody else won't know them. And that's okay. That's not an excuse to be unwelcoming or unfriendly, but it's okay that we don't know everybody in church. We don't have to know everybody's name. I want us to be a church where we don't know everybody's names, but everybody can be known. And there's a big difference in being known and everybody else having to know your name. So let's have healthy expectations. Because at, at some point through this, we're going we're gonna to build some great connections throughout the family. With everybody, no. But with some people, we are going to build some, some great connections and deep relationships. And they'll take time, which is the second expectation, second strategy point, is we need to realize that baby steps are okay. Let me be clear about this, okay? Living without fences doesn't mean that you're going to let every single person that comes into your life uh, have access to all of, all of your life. You're just not, okay? And, and, and nobody here is expecting you to, to have everybody that you know in your backyard all the time. It's not a realistic expectation. Here's the thing. It, the, at first, and you're not going to do it the first day you meet them, okay? The first day you, you make a connection with somebody, you're not inviting them into the backyard. What do we do? We invite them through the front door. And we hang out there for a little bit, right? And then we move to the living room and, and we get a little more comfortable. And when we finally get comfortable enough with them, then we take them to the backyard. It's baby steps. It's a progression. Everybody kind of thinks in, in church life we have to take these giant leaps. And the thing is, in Scripture, we don't see a lot of people taking giant leaps. What we see is them taking steps, progressions. And any time that we do see somebody who had to take a giant leap, guess what? God gave them plenty of time to prepare so we, we can take baby steps. It's okay. And the last one is this. Take some ownership. We need to realize that this is everyone's job. Not everyone else's job. This is everyone's job. If you're sitting down waiting for, some, for everyone to come to you, then you're sitting in the wrong spot. Okay? Uh, on a scale between 1 and 10, with 1 being the lowest and 10 being the highest, let me ask you, how much effort are you putting into connecting with others? 
And if we're saying five is about average, and we, we like to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, we're probably saying we're a five or a six, maybe, maybe even a seven. But let's be honest. All right, let's have a little moment of, of, of self-examination. How much effort are we putting into that? Because the, the, real, the real answer is we're probably on the other side of that five. Or maybe a three or a four. How much effort are we putting into connecting with other people? And what would be the one thing that you could do? Maybe, maybe there's just one thing. It's a baby step, right? So just what, what's one thing that you could do that would help you to raise your level by one or two levels over the next few weeks? As we leave this morning, I want you to love your church. I love our church, and I know that, that many of you do as well. And I want you to know that Jesus crashed the fence so that we might live in community with Him. But He also crashed the fence so that we might live in community with one another. So allow somebody else into your yard and get in somebody else's yard. And while you're there, enjoy the company. Start considering how you can connect with other people for encouragement and growth. Because remember what we've said several times. The church has been God's plan A to connect people to, to God and to connect other people to people. The church is plan A. And there is, no ba- there is no backup plan. There is no plan B. We are the plan. So we need to love our church so that we might love other people who aren't a part of our church yet and aren't a part of the church universal yet. We are the, we are the plan A. We're the A team. If you've never been part of the A team, you're a part of the A team now because we're it. The New Testament says that through the foolishness of preaching, through the foolishness of the gospel, people will come to know Jesus. This sounds foolish to people that we might believe in a God who loved us enough to to leave someplace that we can't see and might die for our sins and then return. That sounds foolish to a lot of people. But it is the foolishness of the gospel that is our hope. And it's the transforming power of Christ. So we got to be the church. We got to love our church and we got to we got to love being the church. That's the that's the goal, that's the mission. If if we don't do anything else well, if we don't do anything else well, if if the sermons stink, if the music stinks, if everything about our program stinks, if we're going to if if everything else stinks, we're going to do one thing well. We're going to love God and we're going to love people. Because that's what the church is all about. I love the church. And I hope you do too. Let me pray for us. Father God, we, we do love you. And Father, in those moments when we, we haven't loved you like we should, Father, we just pray that you'd forgive us. Father, for the, for the walls and the fences that we build between us and you, Father, we just pray that you would remove them, that you would tear them down. We know that, that Jesus is more than willing to tear them down. So Lord, we just ask you to tear them down. And the walls and fences that we build between one another, Lord, tear those down too. You told us the greatest commandment is to love you and to love people. So, Father, give us the courage, the wisdom, the boldness, the ability to do just that. To love you and to love others. And that means all, all others. Those that don't look like us, that, that, uh, that talk like us, that act like us, even those that don't smell like us. Lord, 
would you help us to love all, all others? Your, your word tells us that you love the whole world and gave your son for the whole world, not just a select few. So help us to, to break out of our, our little holy huddles that we often get in, that, that we, our little cliques that we find ourselves in. Help us to, to remove those and to remove all barriers and obstacles that would keep somebody from coming to know Jesus. Because we want to love the church. And we want others to love the church. And we want others to know you and to love you. And we ask all this in the name of Christ. The name whose, whose church it's built on. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.